For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Come with me today and let's journey to Mount Moriah. Turn to Genesis chapter number 22. Genesis chapter number 22 is we look at Abraham being tested by God with his son Isaac. Genesis chapter number 22. And the Bible says, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thine son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. Don't you know that was a hard thing for Abraham to do, was to obey the Lord during that test? What do you mean, take my son, the promised child that you promised me, God, that our seed would be as the, the sand of the seashores, that all people would be, would be blessed through this seed, through this child. And now you want me to take this child, my child, the promised child from you, God, and take him up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him? Humanly speaking, that's just unbelievable. Uh, but with God, the Bible says all things are possible. So don't you know, as Abraham, you know, he he got to the point where he raised a knife, but that's when God knew that Abraham was holding nothing back from God, that he would sacrifice the most important, the most precious thing that he had in his whole life. And also, Abraham knew, and he had enough faith in God that even if I went, even if he went through with it, God would, would raise him up because he had already told him. He's a promised child of God. Three things I want you to get out of today's sermon. Three things. Here they are. Number one, trials and testing are a part of the Christian life. They're a normal part of the Christian life, trials and testing. Number two, be ready in your life to sacrifice something for the Lord. Be ready. And number three, trust God. Listen to me. Trust God to meet your needs as you respond to him and obedience to him. If you are responding 
to God, in obedience to him, he will make the way he, God, will meet your needs because ultimately it's not your work, it's his work. Amen? Faith. Let me tell you, every day you express faith in something, maybe in different ways, but you express faith in something. Whether it's taking a prescription that a doctor wrote you, you trust that doctor, he wrote you a prescription, this is going to help and you're going to take it. Here's a big one. How about getting on an airplane and letting somebody that you don't even know or maybe never met and might not ever see fly inside that airplane and get you safely to the next destination where you're going. Let me tell you, you are putting a lot of faith and probably somebody you'll never seen and won't ever see. And then there's even little faith. Maybe you put little faith in, let's say, a fast food restaurant, a drive through And even if you don't have much faith, the faith that you have outweighs the faith that you don't have. Otherwise, you wouldn't go there. But there's some faith there that says, you know what? This is going to be good. I'm going to go to Wendy's because we trust Wendy's. They're good. They're always good. Every now and then you might get something bad. But see, your faith is going to lead you there. Because if you didn't have more faith than not, you would not go there. We express faith in people who render their services to us every day on a daily basis. And let me say, most of the time, uh, we give it no thought at all. Don't even give it a second thought. And a lot of times, uh, we take for granted the people that are closest to us, the people that love us the most, the people that sacrifice us, for us the most, the people that care for us the most, the people that want the best for us. A lot of times, unfortunately, it seems like we take those for granted. Um, if you have a good spouse, if you have a good wife, make sure you praise her. I praise my wife. She's a wonderful wife and a great mother. And, and I could ask for nothing better. She's a gift from God himself. I believe that. So I'm so thankful. So a lot of the time, the people we care about, who gives us everything or would sacrifice everything or anything. We take those for granted sometimes. On a higher note, we take God's goodness for granted, don't we? Don't you know God wants to be thanked? It's like this. A husband's supposed to get up and go to work every day. That's his job. He should, unless he has a handicap and he can't. Um, he goes to work. He works hard. He works hard for that paycheck. He is supposed to work hard so he gets that paycheck. That is expected of him. But it does mean something, a lot of something, when your boss just comes to you and says, hey, that was a good job. You did a good job there, and I really appreciate it. Sometimes that feels better than the paycheck. It's the same in relationships. A man should do his job, and a wife should thank him, and a wife and a mother should do her job. And a husband should thank her and let her know how appreciative he is of her, how thankful and grateful he is for her. But like I said, on a much, much higher note, we should be thanking God daily. And I can tell you this, if you'll stop and think about your own self, when you're unthankful to God, that's when you're unthankful to everybody else. <clears throat> Man, that's, that's convicting, isn't it? When I'm unthankful to God, I'm unthankful to most everybody. But when I'm sold out to the Lord and my heart is soft toward God, I'm sure thankful for everything I have in my life, all the goodness 
in my life. Because it's easy to follow God's commands when everything's going good, when everything's going our way, when I'm happy, healthy, wealthy, got money in the bank, got a good job, good relationship. Everybody's, it's easy. It's easy to follow God's commands when everything's good. But it's when that testing time comes. Remember what I said? It's a normal in the Christian life for testing and trials. It's just a normal thing. Yet, sometimes when instructions come that are con contrary to our nature, or better said, contrary to what we want, it seems utterly impossible. Can't be done. I can't do it. Our faith tends to waver. Well, is my faith wavering because it's something that I don't want, but God wants? That's something to ask yourself. The Bible says that Abraham was a great man of faith, and he was. And if you read in the, in, the, in the book of faith, the chapter of faith, the hall of faith, if you will, in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, the Bible says in chapter 11, verse number 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder, the maker, is God. He was called. Notice he wasn't forced. God can do whatever he wants. He's God, but he doesn't force you to do anything. He was called. And if you look that, that up in the root word, it means to call, to invite God invited Abraham on a journey of faith. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. God is inviting you personally. What's your journey of faith that God has you on to this day? Are you willing to that? Are you willing to for the testing and the trials? Are you willing to sacrifice something for the Lord? Amen. Are you willing to obey God and let him supply the needs for you? Amen. It takes faith to step out on that one. I can't see it. If God was standing right in front of me, looking me right in the eye and saying, I need you to do this, it wouldn't take much faith because God's right there. But when God is that still, small voice speaking to you, and it don't make any sense, and you don't see it in the human nature, and the numbers don't add up, and the bank account ain't big enough, and I don't know enough connections, and I can't get it done, that's when that bridge of faith comes in and you step out on faith. And that's what Abraham did. He was journeyed into a country. God told him, leave, leave your family, leave all this and go. Abraham was called by God to leave the land of his father, the Ur of the Chaldeans, which is modern day Iraq, which makes me think of Ishmael and Isaac. And the Bible said that Ishmael, who is the child that Abraham had with Hagar, because God promised Abraham and Sarah a child and it didn't happen for years. And they said, well, wait a minute, God promised a child. Well, let's do it like this. So they took it into their own hands. And it was customary back then that if a woman had a handmaid, she would give her, if she couldn't have a child, she would give her handmaid to her husband. And through her handmaid, she would have a child. And that's what happened with Hagar, who was Sarah's uh, handmaiden. And they had a little boy named Ishmael. But Ishmael was not the promised child of God because God promised that Abraham and Sarah would have a child. They didn't wait on God. But when God called Abraham out of that country, out of Ur, Abraham responded to God out of faith and believed it. He obeyed without delay or without question that we know of. They're not in the Bible. It doesn't say he asked why. 
Why, God, why? As we do many times. By the way, it's not a sin to ask why. That's our human nature. We want to know why. But when you're scared and you don't know why and you don't understand and there is some fear, but you say, you know what, God, I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust you. Let me tell you, that's the faith that gets God's attention. Amen. God loves that. This child of mine trusts me enough. They don't understand, but I'm, I'm telling them to jump into my arms and they're listening and they're obeying. That pleases God on a great and mighty level. And so God was testing Abraham's confidence in him. And he was taking Abraham on a journey of faith to strengthen his faith. God takes you on a journey to strengthen your faith and ultimately to draw you closer to him. And in that same verse, it says obeyed. And we know what that means. That means to listen to, to hearken to, to command. Here's another one, to submit to. Now, many of us don't like that word. Uh, a lot of times they, they pick out the ladies and say they don't like that word submit, but men are no different. We don't, we don't like that either. Nobody wants to submit to what? Submit to who? Well, submitting to God. Amen. And when we do that, that's pride. You're not telling me what to do. And ladies, I mean this in the most loving and respectful way. But when you say, I'm not going to submit to my husband like the Bible says, ma'am, you're not going against your husband. You're going against God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the moon and the stars and the sun and the sea. He's the one that said it, not your husband. So please keep that in mind. Trusting God. We trust God every day. Some little, some a lot. Where are you at with trusting God? Because Abraham and Sarah trusted God to provide a son. That was another step in Abraham's personal journey of faith. And to all human reasoning, the birth of Isaac was impossible. Why? Because she was old. That's why. But the strength of Abraham's faith was shown because he had confidence in God. Your journey of faith will often lead you to the doorstep of impossible. And when you get to that doorstep of impossible and there's no way, that's when God's ability steps in. And let me just say this. God's ability to answer prayer does not depend on your limited human resources. I'm going to say that again. Listen to me. God's ability to answer your prayer does not depend on your human limited reasoning, behavior, or means, or supplies. No, God relies on himself. He can meet those needs. And Abraham had waited many years for God to fulfill the promise of God. And it seemed as though it wasn't going to happen. It seemed as though it wasn't a possibility. Here's Abraham was 99 years old and there was still no son of promise. Yet God came to Abraham and told him, reminded him. And finally, Isaac came. God's promised child had come. God was faithful. He faithfully remembered Sarah, Abraham and Sarah. That promise brought them great joy to their lives. Don't you know that? That little boy. They loved each other. They were a married couple, and they had a child of their own together. And that does mean something, ladies and gentlemen. That means something. That's because the child's half you and half you. And the two, 
shall become one, the Bible says, is because it's both of you, it's both of your flesh. He's part of both of you. And that does mean something. Amen? The Bible says in Genesis chapter 17, verses 16 to 17, and this is God, and I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless you, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? Bear what? Bear a son. Now can you imagine, not even if it happened to you, but even if you saw somebody else and ninety years old and they're giving birth, that's just, especially today, is just insane to even think about. I mean, my goodness, 90 years old, you're knocking on death's door. But the Bible does say with God, all things are possible. And God promised. God promised. He made them a promise. God's promises do not rely on you. God's promises rely on himself and his power, his might, his majesty, his omnipresence, his omniscience, his omnipotent. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He relies on himself to keep those promises. Going back to Genesis chapter 22 and verse number one, it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Verse number two, and he said, Take now thine son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of tempt it says that god did tempt abraham that is not the tempt like you think about today that is more of the long of the lines of test god was going to test abraham and as my wife often tells me and she's right that it's a test from god something happens it's a test it's a test sometimes i fail that test sometimes i lose it sometimes i get mad sometimes i say things i shouldn't and sometimes I act the way that I shouldn't, and I fail the test. And it, usually that same test will come right back around until I pass it, and God grows me. And that's the way that it seems. So the request to sacrifice Isaac was the greatest test of Abraham's faith. It was not his first. I want you to know that. But I do believe that it was his greatest. I do believe that all those tests of faith working up to that and in the greatest test of all, God didn't just test him. If he would have asked him that first, if that would have been his first test, he probably would have failed and fell on his face and said, I ain't doing it, Lord. But God had built him up to that. He obeyed a little. He obeyed a little more. He obeyed a little more. God tested him bigger. God tested him bigger. He obeyed more. God And it just kept building. See, as this one old preacher told me a long time ago, and I have so found it to be true, that faith is just like a muscle. The more you use it, the bigger it gets. The more it grows, the stronger it gets, the more that it can accomplish, the more that it can pick up the will of God. Amen. So Genesis records three major trials that he faced, but it's the response to trials that God's looking for. What is your response to the trials that God has put in your life? Because your re response, most of the time, will dictate your blessings. 
Think about that. Let me say that again. The trials in your life, the response that you have most of the time will dictate your blessings. Wrong response, no blessings. Right response, lots of blessings. And lots of times when you don't respond right, that same trial will come back around. It may come through a different person, a different means, a different way, but it still wants to accomplish the same thing. And that's to make and mold you and grow you closer to God. And that the, the recording of of this allows us to look at that and look at our own lives and see the way that God works. Amen. And through the trial of faith, Abraham had proven himself true to God. Now God already knew in his foreknowledge, he knew that Abraham was going to obey. And it often makes me think that does God put us through those tests to make us realize to grow us so that we know where we're at and where we stand with God, because I'm going to use myself here, I won't use you. A lot of times we think we're better and further along in our spiritual growth than what we really are. And God sends a test to show us just where we're at and just how much we need to grow. Amen. That's right. I said that lots of times you think you're further along than what you really are. You say, I'm 92. And I'm going to say it again. A lot of times we think that we're further along than what we really are. Because God's going to test us all the way to the end of our life, till the last day, and He might give you a test on the very last day. Why? Because He's God and He can. But that test is for a purpose. That test is to push you and point you and pull you closer to God. Amen? To grow your faith. It was a call, a call to test when God, called, when God called Abraham to offer his son Isaac on the altar, he definitely was an evaluation of his commitment to God. How much are you committed? And how he responded to this test, well, that reveals the true condition of his heart. And it re reveals the true condition of your heart, how you respond to a test. The Bible says God tempted Abraham, Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. Like I said, in our day, the word tempted often implies an enticement to do evil. God never does that. He doesn't entice anybody to do evil. That test is talking about is to push you closer to God. Now, the devil will tempt you in an evil way. Why? Because he is here to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And it's like this. If you saw your own child hurting himself, it would hurt you. And I believe that's what Satan's trying to do. He's trying to hurt God by hurting his people, by hurting his children, by hurting his Even if a person's not saved, don't you know that grieves God still? But how much more the so if a Christian is willfully living in sin? And this is a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see... Isaac was Abraham and Sarah's only son, according to God. There was only son together. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Isaac is a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and God. His, what does what daddy say? Son, his, Isaac said, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, my son, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. That is a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ taking the place of us for our sin when he died on the cross and he was buried and he rose again the third day, defeating death 
hell and the grave and he has power over it amen and when you're saved when you're born again when you realize you're a sinner in need of a savior you repent you ask god for forgiveness you ask him to move into your heart and to save you you put your faith and trust in what he did on that cross the bible says believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved amen where are you at today where do you stand today is your name written in the lamb's book of life god is calling you will you answer Answer that call of salvation today. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.